Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. We recorded these conversations live from the Advancing Prefabrication Show in Denver, Colorado. In this conversation, I sat down with Stuart Meir and Amir Rafat of Windover Construction to catch up with them on the latest in prefab trends since last year's Advancing Prefab. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Excited to be joined back again for the second year in a row here with Amir and Stuart. Welcome back. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate Thank you, Todd. it. Yeah. Excited to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to have this little kind of mini tradition here going on here <laughs> with Advancing Prefab and talking to you guys. So uh, would love to start with kind of where do you think the, the prefab and offsite movement has, has really gone in the last year? Have you seen a lot of movement on the adoption front? Um, I mean, it's a great question because a lot has happened in the past year. I, I, I immediately go to, you know, we, we build up in New England and Northeast and um, the energy coats mm-hmm. and the increased requirements for high performance envelope mm-hmm. uh, has really escalated this opportunity for a prefab uh, wall assemblies because mm-hmm. the efficiency and the performance around that. Yep. So it's really around the ecological sustainability, not only about the performance of the envelopes and the systems that go in it, but also we all know about minimizing waste and the efficiency of any kind of offsite construction has yeah. really played, played up well. That's interesting. How do you uh, kind of push the argument forward on the sustainability front? Obviously, that's a huge you know, keyword and kind of buzzword in the industry right now. But sure. how, do you, how have you seen people really latch into that of trying to make that a, a commitment and not just a kind of check the box? So you know, we're uh, based in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and the Commonwealth is aggressively changing their building codes. Yeah. So uh, the adoption of, you know, we've been doing a lot of pa- passive house certified projects. Mm-hmm. And with that, that's all tying into the advanced um, energy and performance of all the uh, structures that are going to be a requirement in Massachusetts. They're adopting that right now. So it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So these systems are just naturally going to be more efficient. Uh, any cost premiums won't even be, they'll be negligible or they'll actually be more efficient than uh, conventional builds. Yeah. Do you see that movement kind of spreading out to places outside of Massachusetts and, you know, maybe some of the, you know, other geos in in the U.S.? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it is a movement, as you mentioned, and but with movements, it takes time. Yeah. Um, The efficiency and the quality that we get out that we're seeing in the panelized system. So I'm just talking about panelized. I'm talking about off Mm -hmm. off site right now. But the efficiency, uh, the ability to get um, the design put in place early on so that all your penetrations are done in the factory mm-hmm. and they're not done in the field. And that's where there's opportunities for air loss and things like that. Uh, when people are punching through exterior wall systems, to put in MEPs and we find that that's just makes it more challenging for our, our, our field teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Interesting. Well, what kind of examples have you guys done in the last year or so of really injecting prefab and, and offsite into all of your, your methodologies at Windover? So recently we've been working, uh, you know, we are residents at Autodesk Technology Center in Boston. Mm-hmm. So we've been utilizing uh, a little uh, more of the uh, leading edge technologies there with additive manufacturing. They were a historic preservation project in one of the prestigious schools in New England. And we uh, combined the laser scanning with additive manufacturing to replicate all the uh, historic preservation elements there mm-hmm. with five axis routers or 3D printers. And uh, the advantage of this technology is really creating exact replicas and carry over all this 
components that's really hard to make by hand now, done by hand 100 years ago. Yeah. You can create the same with very high quality, same exact replica with digital prefabrication. Uh, one of the trends that happened that's new very, this year, uh, we've been uh, uh, fortunate to utilize uh, uh, Autodesk Tandem. Uh, which is a digital twin uh, platform. Uh, we've been delivering digital twins uh, to support the sustainability aspects that Stuart was referring to. Uh, one of the things we can do to, we are working at Endicott College now, one of our, we are honored to build a lot of buildings there and great partnership. We are utilizing IoT sensors there to give real time monitoring information that goes back to the digital twin tandem platform and that will help them keep track of all the performance of all the mechanical systems, occupancy areas for two things, mm -hmm. to make sure that they are increasing and maximizing comfort for students because you can, you can keep track of study all the different areas of the building to support where they can dedicate more energy efficiency in certain areas, as well as support is a, in general, bigger uh, uh, sustainability uh, initiative in the future. When they design new buildings, they keep track of uh, when we do next design builds, they have historical data of what building types mm -hmm. and occupancy rates and uh, basically combining the hot data, which is uh, uh, the real time performance of the building components, as well as uh, call the data, which what I call the O&M manual data, mm -hmm. the operational uh, information, all the catalogs, all the data about all this equipment in one platform. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep up with all that data then and not get you know overwhelmed and just drown swimming in a, a huge data lake? For years, Todd, we've been delivering Revit files. We yeah. end up with a fully coordinated Revit model. It's a standard that went over for most of our projects. For years, we deliver a Revit file, yeah. whether for a prefabricated building or other type of building, any building. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up in someone's computer and the client never uses it because they right. are not necessarily BIM experts. Right. But now, finally, with this digital twin solution in tandem, we can deliver it in an easy to use method so they can make without with minimal training uh, they don't have to be BIM experts to use this information for years to come if you highlight mm -hmm. any building components architectural or mechanical it comes with a comprehensive data embedded to it so for years uh, digital twin was a buzzword yeah. but really what makes it a real world is the data embedded to it and finally we got there and we're utilizing at Philip, yeah. Philips Exeter Academy and the uh, Endicott College yeah yeah so he's he's obviously our innovation guy. He's like dove right into our technology <laughs> which is great because it all it all uh, it, it intermeshes with prefab, right? Sure. And the planning and what we're talking about is the result of how we use the technology. I go back to kind of the, the question that you asked as well about what I'm most excited about is seeing so many more trade partners mm -hmm. that are taking on and doing setting up prefab shops. Yeah. Uh, MEPs particularly, but there's all of I, even at the show today. Uh, yesterday and today, I've, I've been talking to people in regards to all the different disciplines, not just MEP, because that's mm -hmm. always been traditional. Um, wall systems we talked about, but like all like ceiling systems, they're really trying to figure out how do we make it more efficient mm -hmm. and build offsite, which we loved as a construction manager. We loved to hear that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So uh, kind of leaning into the, the technology, then we'll circle back on the, yeah. the cultural side. What technology trends, maybe in addition to the digital twin aspect of it, are, are you seeing coming into this space, AIs? Obviously, mm -hmm. huge coming off of yeah. AU and Autodesk big AI announcement and everything. Uh, two, two components with that. We recently collaborated with Autodesk Research, mm -hmm. and we've been to support the Passive House uh, projects we've been doing. Uh, we've been able in Autodesk Fusion to create all these details for details for that to support uh, Passive House that 
was not built before. So mm. to, develop, to develop a deeper understanding of these components to support our field team and our design partners, mm. we're able to build all these components in uh, Fusion and 3D print them. So it's basically mm. like Lego pieces. When you look at it on a screen and a 3D model, that's something. But when you print all these pieces and they develop a deeper understanding, yeah. that help, uh, uh, help the design team. Uh, for AI, uh, we've been fortunate in the last mm. year uh, when Dover been uh, partners with leaders in the industry to utilize generative AI and generative design combined mm -hmm. to transform building review uh, components, uh, automate processes that takes weeks in a, in, a, uh, in a matter of hours. And we've been doing this overseas with uh, clients mm -hmm. and uh, we're looking really to expand on that. And it's all thanks to the generative technology that we utilize Autodesk technology as well to really push the industry forward to save time and let fo be folks focus on, on what really matters, which is their expertise and reviewing drawings and uh, making dimensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, have, how have you seen people's reaction to AI coming into construction? Has it, you know, there is that kind of fear and threat that comes up all the time when we start talking AI, but do you see it more on that side or on the opportunity and the potential side? I definitely on the opportunity and the yeah. potential side. I don't. Um, in our industry, uh, no one's uh, impression is going to be taken away by AI. I don't see yeah. that. Uh, definitely in the near future, and I, I'm optimistic that it's just going to help enhance uh, all of uh, us and all the people that want to be in the construction industry. I feel like <clears throat> the biggest thing is around um, credibility, mm. and that's what we found. So uh, with the project we're currently working on, there were some skeptics in the room for sure. Um, but we've been able to, through our pilot program, they've been able to see the results, and we're very pleasantly uh, proud that it's been very accurate. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's about all the time and effort that goes into the front end to make sure that what you're putting together and machine learning that's going to take place that you can put through the steps, understanding what the results that you want to have. Another mm -hmm. aspect to this too, the, to add to, to what Stuart mentioned, is uh, when folks hear AI, some folks think it's going to replace people's work, yeah. but mm -hmm. it's really uh, support them to do the work more efficient. And that's what sure. we always assure them as we go through all the phases. So through, through the pilot program, which has been very successful now, and they're excited about it, once they get the hang of it, and oh, this is really helping me, uh, a reviewer who takes months to review drawings can do this in a matter of hours, uh, and it's not replacing anyone's jobs, because at right. the end of the day, it's the people expertise. It's the, the expert that's reviewing the drawing has to sign off into this. Mm -hmm. But it's really saving them the hours uh, with generative technology to, to support them with things that they might take them uh, longer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when AI first came on the scene, I was uh, a little slower than I'd, I'd like to admit in adopting it, but I call it my favorite brainstorm partner now. I, <laughs> I do chat GPT 7,000 times a day. I was just like, hey, what's there, what are they gonna say here? Yeah. Give me an idea on this. Uh, I think it's great, but it does take that human to look at what the, uh, the feedback that it's giving back to you yeah. and say, is this right, is it valid? Can of do a gut check on it? Because the information's only as good as what you put in. So you need that critical thinking component. Absolutely, and what we're actually doing is already technologies that exist right now mm -hmm. uh, with generative design that we can push it with a vision of tomorrow to make it do a transformational step towards efficiency. So it's mm -hmm. really technologies that we know work for sure now and works in our hand with a little bit intelligent risk, which uh, yeah. Stuart will talk about. One of our uh, core values at Wendover is taking intelligent risk mm. because 
you can't really step into the future. Next year, we, when we're going to sit together, we're going to talk about technology thoughts that we're not aware of today. Yeah. So uh, how we're going to get there is really with taking intelligent risk. We know these things will work, but takes hard work and vision to make it uh, happen. Yeah, I love that phrase, intelligent risk. That's that's awesome. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, our team lives out the values. That's just one of them, but it's about empowering. And I think that's at the, at the core of this and making sure that people feel comfortable stepping out and making that de that decision that they typically wouldn't feel comfortable with. Uh, we bring people into the worry circle all the time if we're going to make those bigger decisions. But mm -hmm. it's the confidence is part of our culture now. It's, it's helped with our culture of innovation. Yeah, I love that. I want to circle back on something that you said to Stuart and kind of tie a, a line to that. Of You said it's about building credibility with the technology as well, too. How have you guys gone about building that credibility while creating this culture of innovation and being kind of forward thinking, not afraid to, to fail mentality. Uh, it, exactly. You know, if you can see and watch something take place, it's like a, a pilot. It's like a pilot program. Once you mm -hmm. see it taking place and taking shape, now all of a sudden you're understanding, okay, what are my benefits here? Mm -hmm. And you're weighing the benefit risk and what are the risks of taking that, that, that step out there? Our teams, our teams recognize how we use te technology and how it's going to benefit them. And now they're starting to think about, okay, let's find new ways for, to provide solutions for challenges on our projects. And then they are, they are building up their own confidence, which is just cascades, cascades throughout the trades, throughout our, our workforce, mm -hmm. clients and our design partners, that they have a lot more comfort in what we're bringing to the table. So it's been, it's very fun. It's been fun to watch. Yeah. That's awesome. How do you deal with the skeptics in the room, whether they're at Windover or clients that you know embrace the we've always done it this way mentality uh, at, uh, from from for, for years now at Wendover uh, we try to break the status quo by starting small starting yeah. the solution shows that it works not just to only talk about it in theories but mm -hmm. take the intelligent risk do it and then when folks the aha moment when our superintendents and now uh, to Stuart's point we took it even further from our company to our uh, community and even on a global scale with some clients who trusted us to support them and to partner with them in innovation. Mm -hmm. So it's really all takes the trust is that you pick one solution, one small element and grow it from there. Uh, that's how people start. Oh, yeah, if it work on that scale, it will work on a bigger scale. So step by step, we gain that momentum. The industry is struggling with a communication problem and a lack of interoperability. This is causing 25% of data being recreated and almost $300 billion loss due to bad communication. Great Tech Group believes that is a problem. So they created Data Connect, an easy to use, no code platform that connects critical ERP systems with cost management to form a single source of truth to empower better communication, decision-making and project efficiency delivering the ultimate business outcome of being on time and on budget. Visit asti.com slash data connect to start saving time and money. Yeah. I love that you guys are sharing those stories. I think that's one of the, the huge missing pieces in the construction industry that as a industry at large, we do a bad job of sharing mm. this success stories, not of, you know, the, the grand kind of unicorn projects, but of, even just the day-to-day -day success stories of, hey, yeah, this person was reluctant to embrace technology and they did it and now they're a champion. I think of the more we can make that more commonplace, the more 
people are are going to embrace the the tech and say, oh no, this isn't some uh, you know technology made for multi billion dollar projects. This you can do this in everyday cases. It's absolutely, it's scalable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, th- this conference. That's why I love this conference so much because it is about sharing. Mm-hmm. And most conferences are, but this one particularly because everyone is coming with different perspective, different scales. Right? Mm-hmm. There's different prefab shops that are in totally different mm-hmm. arenas as far as automation, but they're all sharing ideas because we recognize that, you know, uh, high tides will raise all the boats and, and there's plenty of opportunity out there and we're not stealing any work from anybody. Right. And we, and we want, really want to make change in our industry. We, have, yeah. we know we have to make change. That's what we're pretty excited about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the opportunity, there's way more work out there than, than what the contractors today can actually do that we need to you know get more efficient and we need to kind of lock arms with everybody and back to the status quo elements it takes really the whole company culture mm-hmm. so we got it's not only the the technology group within Wendover, it's a catalyst to, to push innovations throughout the organization but you have the great superintendents who built a lot of prefab or modular projects a great uh, experienced project managers who built these kind of projects and they bit by bit every project we learn something new that's lessons learned mm-hmm. which is a process in uh, at Wendover so it really takes the whole organization to embrace this technology because you can have the most powerful technology but when you go suggest these ideas to project management or to super in some institutions they would say no we've been doing this for years this way mm-hmm. but uh, the, the way we did it is that we we show it how it work on a smaller scale and they say oh so next time they call and they say, oh, let's do it on this other project. So that's how our whole old team got on board on that. And now we're pushing it through even our partners too. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you guys are, are democratizing the innovation. I get frustrated with companies that are like, no, we have an, an innovation head and that's, they handle everything innovation. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's great to have somebody heading up innovation. You need that. But it also needs to be everybody bought into the, the process yeah. as well, too. It can't yeah. just be one guy it's, it's working in a to silo. to push innovation. Right. To push innovation with VDC teams, with, with give it super. So, yeah, it's uh, it takes a village. Yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, exactly. And we do that within Windover. But it was, again, we had a great session yesterday with a bunch of executives. And everybody in that room wants to be transformational. Mm-hmm. in their own, own little ways. And we know that collectively we can make an impact, but it's a small room, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the excitement. There's a lot of energy that came out of those sessions yesterday. And that's what, you know, jazzes us up to continue on and share. Yeah. So where do you see the prefab movement in the next kind of five years? Uh, five years. I mean, uh, what I'm seeing, the concept of uh, the assembly or, or productization and making sure that we can be uh, design around certain components that are offsite built. Mm-hmm. And that to me is is what's gonna change how we build and it's gonna change how we obviously design mm-hmm. and how our clients buy, right? And they can look at things a little differently. It's gonna be a lot more efficient and um, a lot more certainty of outcome the way I see it. No. I am a huge believer in cross-industry innovation. A lot of the technologies and the innovation and the innovative solutions we've been utilizing in the last few years, especially this year, mm-hmm. like Digital Twin, came really from aerospace and the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. So I will, I expect uh, that two, three years from now, the norm will be that we utilize this technology that's been working for years for automotive industry mm-hmm. in our prefab. Uh, framework and workflows, which mm-hmm. already we've been doing. Like we've been utilizing now, uh, Wendover had been, uh, we are residents at Autodesk Tech Center. We've been utilizing robotics, we've been utilizing uh, Inventor and Fusion, mm-hmm. which been great software that's been for years done for manufacturing. Sure. We utilize this technology in EEC 
to make more efficiencies and create these components that we can 3D print or do supported digital prefab or robotic arm work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. So that, that brings up a, maybe another train of thought. Uh, you know, manufacturing, they are able to really systematize stuff because it's a very controlled environment. They're producing the same thing over and over and over again. How do we take kind of that mentality and bring it into a much more complex world of construction where it's not necessarily the controlled environment. It, it's not the, the one set thing every single time that you're producing. How do you get kind of inspired by manufacturing and pull that into construction? It's a little bit of creativity in evaluating the project early on in the process. And it's not too late. We do it in pre-con when we view like that historic preservation project we talked about a short, you know, in one of the schools. We just finished it uh, last month. Uh, we saw an opportunity and when we showed the, the client uh, that we can prefab all these uh, architectural beautiful features mm -hmm. uh, inside all the trim, all the column heads and all these beautiful things mm -hmm. in a f you know, with providing the main purpose of using innovation really is providing high quality combined with cost savings and efficiencies in the process. So we're able to, the client, once we sold them a sample of how this will work, mm -hmm. they said, oh, I'm, I'm in. We're going to do this for our, our entire building, for, for the floors we are touching. Mm -hmm. And it came out beautifully. Now, when you put side by side what was the original one versus the prefab elements, it's the same. It's really hard to tell. Mm -hmm. So the more we can push really into evaluating early on these opportunities for prefab, it will uh, reflect positively on cost savings and the quality, which is the most important thing for us. Mm -hmm. One of the, and I'll just add to that, one of the things we saw and had a lot of discussion with yesterday is around um, assembling the team, really. Mm. And it's not just the clients, the designers you're seeing, it's, it's your, your prefab, uh, your trade partners. And understanding that every project's different, program mm -hmm. types require different elements that, but let's identify which elements are critical to the success of that project bring those partners in mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like uh, an IPD type project where everyone sits around the table and we all solve the problems together. We all take on the risks together and mm -hmm. we take on the rewards together. So that's where I see more of it going as well, is bringing in uh, the downstream side suppliers or trade partners to the table early. Yeah, interesting. So we're at Advancing Prefab. What's the power of an event like this? Why should people come to Advancing Prefab? One of the main components here is really to, uh, in our presentations, we really love to put case studies, a lot of case studies, mm -hmm. because it's something, it's something to talk about theories and how things might work. But the beautiful thing is when you show a case study, even if it's on a smaller scale project, so someone mm -hmm. in the room can say, oh, if it worked for them on that job, I can utilize it on my next project. That's yeah. what we love to share. And that's what we love also to, uh, to, to see in, in the conference like that, uh, which is good, sharing ideas. That's how we can really push the industry forward. That's why we're here, in addition to meet our uh, all our good friends like you and uh, share ideas and talk about innovation. That's for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and when you're talking about sharing, I mean, we're finding opportunities to have those discussions around what the challenges are. I saw a lot of discussions. Where are the challenges with what they're dealing with some of their manufacturing facilities? We're ha we have challenges on our side when we're assembling all these things on, mm -hmm. on a job site. And when we start to talk about where our challenges are and how we can help each other with solutions, that's when there's a great forum for it here. And it's very good open discussion. And we, you know, we keep on talking about it. It's about an, a, a collective um, uh, view of just trying to change and transform. Yeah. And, and to the collective view uh, that Stuart mentioned is a great point. 
uh, we are working now, for example, on a modular, one of our uh, public projects for modular construction. And uh, we have the trades, we have the different components right, of the team. The, mm. the, uh, the, in miles away, they're gonna produce all these boxes, all these uh, modular factors. Uh, and we have the MEB uh, team, and we have Wendover, the project manager. So uh, the, the nice thing about sharing ideas, the more we can push innovation with the trades and our trade partners, mm -hmm. the more uh, that would reflect positively on our end product, yeah. as well as manufacturing. So it takes the whole, again, to the village uh, concept here, it takes not only for CMs to be innovative or trade partners to be uh, innovative, but also the whole ecosystem. And that's what we try to push. And what I love, that's what I love about this conference, that it's you have attendees from manufacturing, from uh, trades, MEPs, and mm -hmm. from uh, uh, our companies like ours, which mm -hmm. is really amazing to see the whole ecosystem and designers too. Yeah, definitely. So as we seek to land the plan here, a couple kind of rapid fire questions for you. What does modeling the future, what does that look like to you? Modeling the future. Modeling the future. It's uh, it's uh, definitely more um, more efficiencies using the technologies that we all know right now, but mm -hmm. use it with a, a vision of tomorrow, a little bit creativity. Like uh, for years we've been using Revit certain way. Mm -hmm. Now we finally take it into another step with digital twin, like in tandem, mm -hmm. takes it a whole new level for a whole new facility managers to utilize it for years to come. So these little add-ons we can add as we go as a collaborative effort as an industry can really take us to much more efficiencies and more, much more uh, supportive things like uh, uh, affordable housing, which I believe it's a combination of high quality with efficiencies and uh, savings. Mm -hmm. So that's how we can really push our industry forward for modeling the future. Nice. What about, what is innovation? What does that mean to you? Innovation is when we utilize the technology uh, to offer a solution and they tackle a challenge. Uh, that's when inv innovation comes. If we uh, using the technology only to be cool or uh, that's not the innovation. Innovation is really when we solve a problem. So we on weekly basis, we sit together with a field team, with project management, and we look for if there is any challenge, you reach out and we have this challenge. And then we start thinking about the ingredients we have. Mm. We, we can do a laser scan with that job, with a drone LIDAR and with a little bit of uh, QAQC in Navasworks. That's the solution. Then it mitigates risk. So innovation really happens when we are end up mitigating risk or uh, providing certainty of outcome. Mm. I've always oh, said yeah. it's a mindset. Yeah, innovation has sure. got to be a mindset. And it's not. And it's great. We're talking about uh, tools that are going to help support the ConOps teams. But we try to spread it across our whole organization. We want everybody to be thinking that way, regardless. Efficiencies, however you can do it within your job, that's real, real important to us. Um, make it better is one of our values as well. Mm -hmm. And so that just plays in with taking intelligent risks. And so it's a mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how do people find out more information of what you guys got going on at Wendover or connect with you? Well, you can always reach out to us uh, via our, our website. We're very transparent about that. Um, I can take emails or Amr can take emails. And I think <clears throat> what it allows us to do is um, we're about sharing. Uh, hopefully you know that. We've been talking about yeah. it for years now. And uh, we're very open to creating a forum so people want to learn from us as much as we want to learn from them and finding that opportunity. Awesome. Last question for you. If I could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing. What would you pick to innovate? Uh, more time savings in prefabrications. Like uh, now, if you 3D print a big element, it will take some time. Mm -hmm. So maybe a more 
speed into speed to market efficiencies. That's what I would love to do because time of an essence and it's really important. If we can deliver academic dorms faster and Stuart had in his presentation yesterday, a great example of that. There were a winter that was really snowing in Boston, mm -hmm. like today here. <laughs> uh, and uh, a snowstorm after snowstorm, and we couldn't really deliver this beautiful project for Endicott College unless we were doing it modular. And we did mm -hmm. it modular. That's how every student had a dorm room uh, on time. So oh. modular, so time of an essence, and would love to increase even that speed. Yeah. My magic wand, if we have time for this, my magic wand is around the integrated design. Mm -hmm. I'll continue to talk about that. We usually will, we will take it after we do our coordination, um, after the design uh, process has gone through. So that's great. We have it at that end, that end of the cycle of construction project, but bringing in um, our trade partners and manufacturers early in the process and trying to make it a truly an integrated design. That's my dream. It's being done, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I would just wanna see it uh, being done a lot more broadly. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for taking Thank the time you. again and joining the show. Look thanks forward to, to next Thank year for Thank the you so much. tradition yeah. now. Thanks. That sounds <laughs> Thank good. You for Thank you us. so much. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, intelligent risk plays a critical role in fostering innovation and improving processes. It's about a strategically navigating risk to catalyze significant advancements within our industry. Second take, it is a necessity for the industry to actively share success stories. Highlighting these achievements is vital for inspiring collective progress, proving the practicality and scalability of new technological innovations and encouraging a collaborative spirit. And final take, innovation is about transforming theoretical concepts into practical applications. This approach ensures that innovative ideas are not just conceptual, but are brought to life creating real-world solutions and outcomes. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyatt. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2024.